Hello and welcome to Jersey Heard podcast. My name is Peggy Geelan. I'm a legal and technical manager at Jersey Finance. And my guests today are John Rayner, who's a partner at Morin, and James Fox, who's a partner at Auger. So today we will be talking about some of the most common pitfalls when drafting an LLC agreement. James and John, I thought we could start by introductions. Uh, John, maybe you would like to start? Hi, Peggy. Thank you for your warm welcome. I'm a partner in the finance and corporate team at Morant. I've been a partner since 2007. I'm currently responsible for the knowledge management function, and I have been involved in the drafting committee that has been developing the LLC law and associated regulations over the last couple of years. Thank you, John. James? Thank you, Peggy. Uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. And thanks to, to John for agreeing to be on it with me as well. I'm a partner at Ogier. I'm in the corporate group. I do quite a broad spread of corporate work, uh, capital markets work, mergers and acquisitions work, both public and private, and quite a lot of private equity work these days. I've been in Jersey since 2006, so I'm probably doing with here now. It's a lovely place. Thank you, John and James. So, moving on to our topic of today, uh, James, could I ask you, um, who should draft the LLC agreement? Well, at the risk of having a vested interest, we as Jersey lawyers would always say you definitely should have the Jersey lawyers drafting them, although there is a slight caveat to that because often what we do is effectively jerseyfy documents for our instructing counsel and especially for an LLC where there'll often be a US aspect, then there will be a form of Delaware or Cayman LLC, which the US lawyers will be very familiar with. It will also contain a lot of the bespoke provisions around about things like the US Treasury regulations, US accounting, US tax. So the US lawyers holding the pen and us jerseyfying it tends to work very well in these sorts of arrangements. So you can't get around using a Jersey lawyer, I would say. But the US Council can take the lead role or UK Council if they're acting and we can assist. Okay, great. John, what is the capacity and power of an LLC? So like Jersey companies, Jersey LLCs have unlimited capacity. Uh, The difference is, is that Jersey LLCs will only have the powers that are conferred on it by its uh, LLC agreement. And without a power, managers and members won't have authority. And this is quite a significant distinction to Jersey companies and one that will be easy to overlook. So it will be important to ensure that if you're drafting an LLC agreement, you include the the necessary powers. And if you're reviewing one for a transaction, to check it to ensure that the powers that are necessary are conferred or amend the agreement. Yes, thank you. Now, James, does the doctrine of privity apply to an LLC agreement? No, it doesn't, actually. An LLC agreement can actually give rights to a third party and those are enforceable by that third party. Again, that's obviously subject to the underlying terms of the LLC agreement itself. And for an LLC, the LLC agreement is binding on the members and the managers, even if they don't technically sign up to the the agreement itself. So it is a slightly unusual situation in Jersey, but your privity of contract doctrine doesn't apply because of those, those reasons we've just discussed. Right. And John, maybe you could explain what's the difference between a member-managed LLC and a manager-managed LLC? The only difference is in whom management vests. So an LLC agreement can provide that management power will vest in managers, and it will do so to the extent provided for in the LLC agreement. 
alternatively, if the LLC agreement makes no provision for the appointment of managers, or it does, but none are appointed, then the power of management vests in the members by default. And this is basically what gives the LLC its chameleon-like quality. It can look and function more like a company or a partnership, depending on whether managers are appointed. Right. Yes. And what duties do managers owe, James? That's a good question. There is actually a distinction between Delaware and Jersey here. In Delaware, the managers owe fiduciary duties unless the agreement provides otherwise. Whereas in Jersey, it's the flip provision whereby no fiduciary duties are owed by the managers unless the LLC agreement provides. So in both jurisdictions, managers still owe a duty of good faith to the members and effectively to the LLC. But because of that distinction between Delaware and Jersey, it's important that we as Jersey lawyers let our clients and US and UK counsel know that there is that distinction in place. So it's one of those slight little quirks, slight little differences between the two jurisdictions. I'd add to that that um, if managers don't owe fiduciary duties, it may not be understood by clients instructing us that the effect of that is that managers won't have to disclose conflicts of interest. They will be able to engage in business which competes with the LLC. They won't have to account for any profits they make in that activity, and they won't have to inform the LLC of any business opportunities. So I think it's going to be very necessary to take clear instructions from clients as to whether this is really what they intend. Similarly, I mean, exactly the same issues arise if management vests in the members and no fiduciary duties apply. And even if managers are appointed, I think instruction should be taken as to whether members should be able to compete and whether the LLC agreement should contain non-solicitation provisions. Do you have anything to add, James? Uh, no, I think those are very good points. And while it does show the flexibility of the LLC, and that's one of the deliberate features of it, it's a very flexible product. We do have to be very mindful that we're very clear to clients, investors, instructing counsel exactly what the fallback position is. And I think John's point's an excellent one. Careful and good drafting is vital here in the LLC agreement to make sure it says what people think it should say and works how people expect it to work. So no, very, very good points. I agree with all of that. I think there are maybe a couple of other minor mm -hmm. points to make in, in that connection. And that is that um, under the terms of the LLC law, individual members and managers can bind the LLC. I think in most cases that probably won't be appropriate. So you'll want to be drafting the LLC agreement to provide that members and managers can only bind the LLC where there's a resolution of the members or managers collectively to do that in the same way as you have with companies. Another minor point is in relation to proxies, I think, which is that whilst company directors appoint alternates and alternates are liable for their own actions, the LLC law provides that managers can appoint proxies, but proxies are agents. Um, and I think some consideration should be given in an LLC agreement as to whether proxies should be liable for their own acts where they don't act in accordance with their appointal's instructions or whether they're given discretion to vote one way or the other, since otherwise their appointal might end up liable. Right. Now, James, will managers be entitled to indemnity, DNO insurance? What is the position there? The short answer is yes, but the longer answer is that's provided that the LLC agreement itself contains provisions that allow indemnification, the taking of insurance, and importantly, especially in a US-facing context, the right to be indemnified or covered for potential litigation costs and fees. So as a matter of law, there's no indemnification right contained within the statute. So you have to contract into your LLC agreement what you want the indemnity provisions to be and how you want them to work. Okay. 
Now, John, what about capital contributions, uh, membership interests and rights to distributions and voting? The beauty of the LLC law is simply this, that it gives parties complete freedom to structure contributions, capital and membership rights in any way they choose. So, as I said earlier, LLC agreements can be drafted to look more like companies or more like partnerships as is desired. If LLC agreements are drafted to look more like articles of association, then typically membership interests are unitized and called units rather than shares. The other feature of LLC agreements that you will see that you don't see in articles in in this connection is allocation provisions. And the purpose of those is to enable members to know what their profit entitlement is in circumstances where it hasn't been distributed, because they may have a tax liability on undistributed profits in their jurisdiction of tax residence. Yes. Now, James, is there anything to watch out for when transferring membership interests? Yes, there's a couple of little points to to be aware of. The first is that a transferor remains liable for unpaid LLC contributions for money that it owes. So the transferor and transferee will want to be very clear as to what happens. So the transferor will want to be absolutely clear that it has no ongoing liability and that that vests in the transferee. And typically, in order to make sure that everyone's on the same page, transferor, transferee, and the LLC themselves are party to an agreement that sets out what happens on the transfer. It's similar to an an LP transfer in that case. You often have tripartite arrangements in that case, but I think that's that's one to watch out for. It's not as simple as a company just signing a stock transfer form. Do you have anything to add, John? There's another thing to bear in mind, and that is that an assignee of an LLC interest is entitled before being registered as member to share in the profits of the LLC and to receive distributions and allocations to the extent that the income is assigned. An LLC will probably typically be concerned to ensure that it only has to make allocations and distributions to members on the register and to leave it to assignors and assignees to regulate contractually entitlement to allocations and distributions arising between sale and registration of an LLC interest. And it may be necessary to amend an LLC agreement to provide for default rules regarding this particular issue. Yes, thank you. No, that's a very short answer, but I can, I can give you some more, don't worry. The great thing about LLCs is the flexibility, and I think we've discussed quite a bit of that already today. Profits, capital, income, whatever it may be, that can be distributed on the basis of a simple cash flow solvency statement. What you can do, and we've discussed this a bit already today, is contract differently in your LLC to have specific distribution type provisions as to income, capital, whatever it may be. But in general, there's no capital maintenance doctrine. You simply do things on the basis of a cash flow solvency statement. And I think another point to note there is that if LLC interests are purchased by the LLC or actually redeemed by an LLC, then they are cancelled. You can't have an LLC effectively holding its own interests in Treasury. So that's just one little quirk to note as well. Okay. Now, John... Could you explain what is the process for adding or removing members? Again, the LLC law is non-prescriptive and parties have complete freedom to uh, set whatever rules they like regarding the admission of members, the transfer of LLC interests or the forfeiture of interests if members fail to pay their capital contributions on time. And it's one feature of the LLC law distinct to the company's law 
which is that contractual rules on penalties are disapplied. And this is what makes um, the forfeiture of membership interests for non-payment of capital contributions possible. Great. Now, James, I don't know if you forgot anything to add to that or... Yeah, I think it follows on naturally from what John's saying, actually. But the, the LLC law, it does also permit members to resign if the LLC agreement allows them to. And typically, it also treats members as having resigned if they are subject to an insolvency. Now, what you want to avoid at all costs is a situation where you have no managers, no members. So you need to ensure in the LLC agreement that you contract in such a way to ensure that you always have at least one member. And again, your provisions around insolvency and voluntary resignation need to be drafted such that you never end up in a situation where you don't have a member. And I think that's especially the case if you have an LLC which has a sole member or a small number of members and you have a risk of ending up at zero. So avoid ending up at zero at all costs is probably the executive summary. Yes. John, how are uh, LLCs wound up? Basically, the winding up regime for LLCs mirrors the regime for Jersey companies. So uh, LLCs can be wound up on a solvent or insolvent basis uh, and creditors can apply to wind up an LLC and also apply to have an LLC declared or to have it declared bankrupt. Great. Now, one final question, if I may, please, uh, James. How are LLCs taxed? Beautifully simply in Jersey is the, the answer to that. Whether an LLC is a body corporate or unincorporated body, it's tax transparent for Jersey tax purposes and members are taxed, not the LLC itself. Now, for a non-Jersey tax resident member, which will be most members of an LLC, they're only taxed on their Jersey source income from the LLC. And in accordance with just general Jersey tax provisions, bank deposit interest from a Jersey bank account and distributions from a Jersey tax resident company, which is subject to a zero rate of tax, are not treated as Jersey source income. So it's simple and straightforward and there shouldn't be any tax in Jersey is the, the summary. Thank you very much. I think we're probably running out of time now. Thank you both for talking to us. It was a real pleasure to have you on uh, our Jersey Heard podcast. To our listeners, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the Jersey Heard podcast series. And if you want to hear more about Jersey finance, please sign up to our social media platforms. Thank you and goodbye.